This is episode 60 of The Popcast. Welcome to The Popcast, a weekly podcast all about pop culture in three regular segments. We're your hosts, Josh and Maureen Goldman. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are back from our week off. We were at the beach with my family. Lovely trip. Oh, it was so lovely. We got so lucky. We had perfect weather and it was very hard to leave. Let's put it that way. Our little son, Caleb, absolutely loves the sand. Oh, my gosh. And the water, really. And the water, but the sand. He was just rolled around in it. Yeah. I have never felt the desire to roll around in sand, but he certainly did. Maureen, now that we are past Labor Day, you ask for some hard numbers. We're going to revisit quickly. Oh, the summer song. The song of the summer. Our final two, for those of you who don't remember, were Sucker by the Jonas Brothers, which we named our number one song of the summer. And then, of course, Old Town Road by Little Nas X. That was our number two. I'm sorry to report, Maureen. Did it crush? It crushed. Really? Let me just give you some stats here because I pulled some before we came on the podcast. After a summer of streaming and listening, the numbers really don't lie. The song of the summer is clearly Old Town Road. On Spotify, it has well over a billion streams. What? On YouTube, it has well over 500 million streams. And as some of you might know, it was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for a record 19 weeks in a row, which is crazy. Wow. And then Sucker, meanwhile, it it was no uh, it was no slacker here. It had 500 million streams on Spotify and 200 million on YouTube. So still a massive hit, but not quite no. as big. It wasn't even close, really. As Old Town Road. So Old Town Road is your song of the summer. Although I will say there was a song by Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello called Senorita that came out in June that that really took the took the uh, streaming by storm it had i think close to 700 million streams on spotify in just two and a half months so that that one uh, was up there too we didn't even talk about that one so there you go maureen numbers don't lie you ask for specific numbers and i gave them to you i hope you're happy now i am thank you for that hard and fast data okay so let's jump into our snack bag we just have three small topics this week the first one I saw this article. I wasn't even aware this was a thing, but I just wanted to get your reaction. I have not shared this with Maureen because I wanted her oh on-air reaction. Is this be? So I read the story that there was an app that was shut down last week. And so I was digging a little bit more into it. And it turns out it was a fan app for the actor, Jeremy Renner. So what? I, I want to get your take on... Is it because of his sweet, sweet music? I don't know. <laughs> I might, I, what I want to get your take on... Why does Jeremy Renner have a fan app? Is Why was he... it shut down? Well, apparently there were some trolls that were impersonating him and sort of leaving messages as him. And there was a lot of infighting. It basically, it became a sort of like a bullying community. And so rightfully so, they shut it down. But but I, got, I want to take a step back. Jeremy, like Jeremy Renner was bullying his own fans. No, no, no. But it wasn't really him. It right, was trolls. right, right. So people were impersonating him saying, I'm the real Jeremy Renner. And then he would get on there and say, no, that's not me. And then no He one... was a member of his own app? Well, he would... The, the point of the app was for him to come on and be able to communicate with his fans. But let's it's take a step... It's called like Instagram or let's Twitter. Let's take a step back. Why <laughs> is there a Jeremy Renner app? Did Jeremy make it? Yes. He and his team put it together so that he could interact with his fans. Look... Jeremy Renner is planning something big. Yeah, we've he got, already we've did. We've got his app. We've got his commercial with his own songs. Like, I feel like we're going to see like Jeremy Renner water pop up soon and it'll be like... The JR water? Yeah, I don't Why know. Why does he have an app? I don't understand. I feel like he's I feel like he and his publicist are like trying to make him a bigger thing than he is. Okay, but of all the movie stars <laughs> out there, Jeremy Renner, star of the Hurt Locker and Hawkeye in the Avengers movies, who's not even a real superhero, he is like the last person I would expect to have an app. 
But he made it for himself. That's beside the point. No, it isn't. Because if if you were saying like, okay, well, he's not that famous or he's not whatever, that popular, then that would mean that his fan base wouldn't make him an app. But I would totally believe that he would make his own app. I guess so. But I mean, there were people using it, but there were also people who were misusing it. And hence it was shut down. That's soup's weird. Okay. Our second snack bag topic this week, Nicki Minaj, famous rapper, is deciding to retire. She's she's not that old. Why? I don't know. She said she wanted to spend time, make a family, be, be with her family. Maybe she'll take a like hiatus and come back and do Th- something this else. This is what I wanted to ask you. Jay-Z has, quote unquote, retired like three times in his career. Now, I'm not just saying this is rappers, but people who say they're going to retire, you know, when they're pretty young, isn't it all just a ruse? Isn't it all just a fake out because they want to sell more albums? They want to sell more books or, or whatever. It seems like a fake out to me. So I don't know in the music industry if it's a tactic like that, like a, a promotion tactic, but I will say that. In the personal finance world, I listen to a lot of awesome nerd money podcasts, and I listen to Paula Pant's Afford Anything podcast, and she has this, which I highly recommend, by the way, if you're interested in personal finance, which everyone should be because we all have money. She has this phrase that she calls retire early and often, and what she's basically saying is like, don't focus so much on like getting to a certain amount of savings or investments or whatever and like retiring forever. Instead, focus on living your life and quote unquote retiring early and often, which means like, okay, let's say you're Nicki Minaj and you want to take a family. So take a retirement for two or three years, start your family, do what you need to do. And then take a family, like steal someone. No, is that what I said? Make Make a family. family. Nicki Minaj, (laughs) steal your family. (laughs) No, 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 make one. But so it's more about like kind of like an ebb and flow of your work life where you're you're constantly saving and investing and you know being responsible with your money but if you want to take a sabbatical you can take a sabbatical or if you want to switch jobs and take a year break in between or if you want to take a break and try to start your own company or if you're Nicki Minaj or Jay-Z you want to take like a hiatus and then come back and maybe you know have a new sound or test out a new genre so I don't know I think that it's a perfectly legitimate concept I think that it's something that in like the nine to five corporate world people don't think a lot they typically think like oh I just have to stay and do this until I'm 65 and then retire but if you're smart with your money and obviously Nicki Minaj has a ton of it because she's incredibly talented and successful I say she gets to do whatever she wants if she wants to retire and then come back power to you Wow, here is a snack bag topic I was going to make a joke out of. And Maureen. I love it. Coming in with the life advice yeah, here. Everybody, listen up. Maureen, Maureen's life advice. That's going to be our spinoff podcast. Okay, I like it. It's just going to be like a 10 minute every two weeks. Maureen's going to come on and give you some life advice, finance, <laughs> everything in between. Okay, our last snack bag topic. This is the one I'm really excited to talk with you about because it's about education. Okay. So University of Texas has a new full-time professor and that professor is... <gasps> Matthew McConaughey. No. Uh, is he going to educate people on car commercials? What so is that? So he is apparently all right, all right, has, all right. he has been a part-time professor there for a couple of years. He's been developing a curriculum in the film and television and radio department. Well, I would totally take a class from him on acting. Yeah, he has a he has a course called From Script to Screen. I don't know what his qualifications are with, when it comes is to screenwriting. Is he a screenwriter? No, but he's an actor, so he probably knows that- how to analyze a script. Huh. Okay, so... I want to I want to play this little game. You're going to University of Texas. You're a freshman, and you sign up for this class from script to screen. You go into class, and Matthew McConaughey is your professor. That what is, is your amazing. reaction? I, I would be like, oh my gosh, and I would probably say something silly like, I loved you and How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. <laughs> okay, so here's the other thing though. 
Matthew McConaughey was in a movie. I can't remember the name right now, but he was in a movie recently, maybe in the last year or two. Oh, it was called White Boy Rick. And it was about Matthew McConaughey and this younger boy. I think he was a teenager. Apparently, the teenager, who was not an actor before the movie, had no idea who Matthew McConaughey was. So, what? maybe some of these people going to no, University no, of Texas no, don't know. I don't believe that. You know who he is. This Even kid if didn't. you've never seen any of his movies. How did this kid get cast in a movie not knowing who Matthew McConaughey They just was? wanted someone from the city where the movie was taking place. And so they were looking for someone who fit the bill. He was not an actor before, had no interest in acting, and just happened to be it in the movie. It doesn't matter. Matthew McConaughey is mainstream enough that like you would have seen him on a commercial or a billboard. Well, that or, kid like... missed the McConaughey's. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Remember the McConaughey's? <laughs> no. When he, was, when he won his Oscar, and then he was in True Detective, and then he was in all those car commercials, and everybody's like, <laughs> McConaughey's back. And he was pounding on his chest in Wolf of Wall Did Street. Did you just want to use that term really badly? I, I was reading about this UT Austin thing, and, and apparently uh, the McConaughey's part two is here. Because now he took a, a mini retirement and now he's back and better than ever as a professor. All right. That will do it for the snack bag this week for our premiere topic this week. We are doing another first time. And this is Josh's first time watching the movie Clueless. So, OK, like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all what about the strain on our resources? And it's like when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? People came that like did not RSVP. So I was like totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, squish in extra place settings, and like people were on mismatched chairs and all. But by the end of the day, it was like the more the merrier. And so if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. Wow. You guys talk like grown ups. Oh, well, this is a really good school. Maureen was shocked when I said I'd never seen it. It's a classic. I think Maureen well, said I mean, she's not seen a it. Classic. It's like a my generation. It's becoming classic. a cult classic. Yeah. yeah. Maureen has seen it maybe what 10, 12 times in your life. Yeah, at least. It's one of those movies that plays on TV that that a lot of people stop and rewatch. So here's a little background if you're not familiar with the movie. It was written and directed by someone named Amy Heckerling. Starred Alicia Silverstone. Hey, female directors in yeah, the 90s. Pretty great. You go. Starred Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, Paul Rudd, and Brittany Murphy. It was released in July 1995 and made $56 million on a budget of $12 million. It was loosely, and I say loosely, uh, emphasized there, based on the Jane Austen novel Emma and has since become, as I said, a cult classic. So what I didn't know about this until I was doing some research for the actual podcast is that the movie inspired a spin-off TV series. Yes. A series of books. Oh, I never read the books, but I watched A comic book series. TV. What? <sighs> and a musical that I guess was debuting last year sometime, and I don't know if it'll ever go to Broadway. And it has been rumored that they're going to reboot the movie at some point, because why not? We reboot everything these days. In fact, uh, listeners, this is our last episode of the Popcast. We'll be back in a year rebooting the podcast. We'll take a mini retirement, and then we'll come back. Just kidding. This is not the last episode of the podcast. But don't they reboot everything. Literally everything. Yeah. I mean, you could reboot. No, they reboot things that made money. Yeah, I guess. They don't reboot things that were terrible or unprofitable. Sometimes they do. Really? Because they, they think, oh, we can make money this time. We can do it better. I mean, maybe not, maybe not profitable in the moment, but things that have become cult classics... Something like Hocus Pocus is definitely going to get rebooted at some point. That will be tough to do. That will be tough to do. Anyway, okay, so this was my first time seeing this movie, so I will kick off this discussion by giving my first time take, and I have to say that I didn't love this movie. 
And I know that there are a lot of people out there who absolutely love this movie. In fact, I was texting with someone, one of my former colleagues today, who's a big movie buff, and she said, I can't believe you didn't like that movie. I, I'm shocked. I, I do think that this is a movie, if you watched it then, or if you watched it in the couple of years after it came out, this is something you're going to love. It has a nostalgia factor to it that, that you just can't get around. But if you're coming into it in 2019... 24 years after it was released, it's just hard to love this movie. Right. There's no like memories associated, you know, like it's just. That being said, it does have funny moments. I did laugh a couple of times, but the movie was actually kind of boring. Like there's really no interesting plot throughout it. So I'm sorry to say I didn't love this movie, Maureen. So you guys, I have to say, you're probably expecting me to be like, what? You're crazy. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And I really do like the movie Clueless. I was going to say love the movie Clueless. I think that I love the memory I have of the movie Clueless because I watched it with Josh and straight up fell asleep. I mean, it was like snooze fest kind of like maybe it's because I've seen it so many times there are several lines where I'm like talking along with the movie because it's like a classic part I will say Maureen woke up at least three or four times after she (laughs) fell asleep repeated a line and I thought she was awake the whole time and afterwards found out she was asleep but even like me watching it back now yeah I don't I don't know that I I need to I was trying to put my finger on it I was trying to put my finger on what exactly makes it boring and there's just really no plot Like the plot is about the character of Cher and how she decides to help other people. And she helps this character played by Brittany Murphy. And then she decides that she's going to help herself and she's going to find the love of her life. But that's kind of it. There's really no bigger story. There's really nothing that I took from it. You know, if it's not going to be the funniest thing that you've ever seen, it's not going to be super entertaining. You're not going to really get much out of this movie. Is that a fair assessment or am I being too harsh? I mean, it was just like a romantic comedy, coming of age story. Yeah, I think when I watched this in high school, it was a lot, I don't know, I I don't know. Well, you did say that you wanted Alicia Silverstone's hair when you first- Oh my gosh, you guys. I wanted her hair so badly. And her hair is like thick in this movie. It's like thick and voluminous and she has blonde hair and she just like would like run her fingers through and it would just like fall beautifully. And I tried to do this my freshman year of college and I- have similar hair but it's just not as thick as hers and mine looked jank let's just say that okay (laughs) I didn't have a proper part I didn't know what I was doing I kept trying to just run my fingers through my hair like Alicia Silverstone and it didn't work do you remember the first time you saw it was it when you were in high school I don't know so it came out in 95 which means you would have been 10 so you probably didn't see it at the time when it first came out but maybe a couple years after right I don't remember the first time I just remember it always being like an institution interesting so in our first time series, who was your MVP? Like what or who made this movie great for you, even though you didn't like it? I Pick somebody who you thought. Yeah, I, I thought it. Alicia Silverstone was great. She was 19 when they made the movie. She's very charming. She's very bubbly. She is very engaging throughout the movie. I, I It took me a little while to like get over her accent. I don't know what kind the of Valley accent. Girl. Yeah, but it wasn't. It, it was like not her real voice, but it also wasn't the sort of caricature of a valley girl accent that you think of so it's a little hard for me to get used to that i will also say i really like the soundtrack of the movie a lot of fun 90s yeah. songs in there but you know alicia silverstone is is definitely the the mvp for me maureen how about you did you have an mvp yeah i mean in when i was first watching this it was probably alicia silverstone but now it's paul rudd paul rudd playing himself again 
I mean, like pretty much everything Paul Rudd does, he's just the same goofy goofbot. If that's if he's like actually really serious in real life, that would be a shocker to me because it seems like Paul Rudd is just like, hey, I'm Paul Rudd. I should probably check his app and find out. Does he have an app? <laughs> no, oh my gosh, Paul Rudd had an app. I might actually follow that app. Yeah. Okay, so I've seen a lot of Paul Rudd movies, or I've seen a lot of movies that Paul Rudd is in, and actually, this is one of the the movies that I like least that he's in. Like, well, it's I, not like Paul Rudd forward. He's like you know an accent. I just feel like he is the the beginning of the movie. His character named Josh. So obviously, I'm gonna like his character. He's a little bit rude and standoffish, and I think it's supposed to be like that. And then your you know Cher comes to to fall in love with him as the movie goes on, but he's just not the likable Paul Rudd that you know that he tends to play in all the other like he doesn't start off that way so he's a little off-putting at first and then as his character evolved I was like oh you're more like the Paul Rudd I know and love yeah he's fine he's fine in this all right did you have someone who is your LVP your least yeah, valuable player? my least valuable player is actually just the the way the movie is aged mm-hmm. in the 24 years yeah. so I'll give you just a couple examples there's some some veiled homophobia which is a little uh unfortunate and then there's also uh, several uses of the R word, uh, which people use to describe mentally handicapped people. Uh, not not used in the correct context here. Very off-putting to hear in sort of casual speak, since that's not something that we we use. And that is something that was said very casually oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the '90s. And today, it's just not like that's not okay to say. Right. Yeah. I I remember it being said, but it's just weird to watch in 2019 and think, okay, yeah, that's a little a little weird. Oh, so the main plot point is Cher falling in love with someone who is her stepbrother. <laughs> I guess the movie paints it as, look, they were, you know, the character of Josh and the character of Cher, Paul Rudd and Alicia Silverstone, were never really family. Like, their parents were married for a couple of years, and they, they were both older at the time anyway, so they were never really together. But it does still portray them as stepbrother and stepsister and then they fall in love and get together at the end of the movie so it's a little weird and it's just sort of an interesting dynamic couldn't they have made it you know a different relationship i think that's probably because it happened in emma is what i'm assuming yeah i don't know the plot of emma so so maybe so but even still it was like i think they could have done that worked around that a little bit more anything stand out as the least valuable player for you Brittany murphy's accent 100 percent my she's least supposed to be player. from new york or yeah Long Island somewhere or... and it's just egregious it's like really like it's not super consistent either <laughs> yeah she's she's very charming in the movie yeah but, she's but she's yeah, a you're... sweet character but the accent is yeah. yeah you're right okay do you have any nitpicks yes i have there was one do nitpick. You have several at, there there were two nitpicks the the bit the the big one at the beginning is that alicia silverstone you know her family is very rich and she has this app, I guess, on her computer where she matches clothes. I also was very jealous of that. But what I noticed this time watching it in 2019 is that she has one of those gigantic old PC monitors. So really thick always. And apparently her giant PC monitor was a touchscreen because she's, <laughs> both of us were like, what? She's swiping through on this giant monitor that clearly is not a touchscreen. <laughs> And I don't even know. Touchscreens like, didn't really exist yet. I am not aware of a touchscreen existing before 2000. I'm sure that there was some. But the fact that they had this prop monitor and they were just like, why don't you just touch it? Because you're rich and it'll look like, you know, <laughs> I was like, that is ridiculous. The other nitpick that I had, and this just could be of the location of the movie set in California. But did anybody have a high school experience like this? Now, we're, Maureen and I are rewatching Veronica Mars, too. And I think the same thing when I watch that show. Like, who has a high school experience like this? Where- I can't think of any TV or movie that portrays high school in, like, an accurate 
super accurate way. I, I mean, I guess so, but I'm not asking them to portray it in the most accurate way possible. But the fact that like they go to they show class scenes and no one is paying attention and it's it just like to me that is super unrealistic. And I guess it's a romantic comedy and a coming of age story. So what does it matter? But even still. Does anybody have a high school experience like Clueless? Probably not. Okay, so I guess we'll wrap this conversation up by saying, if you haven't seen it in 2019, would either of us recommend it to someone? I unfortunately have to say no. I probably would not recommend it. Now, if it was on TV and you've never seen it and you're just flipping channels, sure, keep it on. Would I pay 99 cents to rent it on Amazon? Eh, that's what we paid to watch it. That was fine. Would I pay any more than that? Absolutely not. At this say, point, probably not. I say if you are looking, it's like a Friday or Saturday night and you're staying home and you like want to chill and like watch a fun romantic comedy, I would recommend this one. I would just say there's so many, there are better romantic comedies than this, in my opinion. And what I would say is if this movie were made today, this would be a straight to Netflix movie. Can you see that? Like that you would just flip on Netflix on a Friday yeah. night and be like, oh yeah, this was uh, this is the new Netflix romantic comedy film yeah i totally can see that. now that being said it seems like most romantic comedies are making their way straight to netflix with the exception of very few so maybe that's just saying the obvious but this one definitely felt like a movie that you could see on netflix actually yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if netflix rebooted it as like a mini series like a mini like a 10 episode series but they already did a tv show about it that doesn't matter and it wasn't Alicia Silverstone. No, the they way. did replace Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd because both of them went on to be bigger movie stars than any of the other people. I guess Brittany Murphy went on to do some things. Uh, Donald Faison, who was on Scrubs, he was a great little a little part in Clueless. I do love him, so he was funny. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great faces, a lot of good cast, but I just don't know. I wouldn't recommend it. Sorry to the audience out there. I would recommend it. I think it hasn't aged super well, and it's a little slower than I remembered, but it's still really funny, and it is a cult classic. So if you haven't seen it, I would recommend watching it. I will say that next week's premiere topic, I haven't told Maureen about this either. I don't know if she's going to be super thrilled, but until she takes a more active role in planning (laughs) the episodes, she's just going to have to deal with it. Gauntlet thrown. So 15 years ago in 2004, September 2004, we had the premiere of one of the best shows that was on TV at the time, and that was Lost. So we're going to go back and we're going to rewatch the pilot of Lost, and we're going to talk about it on the podcast next week. You know I never watched this show. I thought you watched the first season. No, I watched like the pilot and like into one episode, and I was like, nope, can't do it. Okay, well, we're My whole family watched it, though, and they were obsessed. We're going to rewatch the pilot, which is a two-part pilot. It is one of the best pilots I think I've ever seen in TV. So okay. I'm going to throw that out there right Here's now. What, can, I will happily do this and happily give you my thoughts. But can I just say, in anticipation of this, I'm sure two of our VIP listeners, Kevin and Kathy, will know exactly what I'm going to say because I've said this to them before, which is, uh, okay, the problem with Lost is that everyone took it so seriously and was like, what's going to happen? What's the truth? Guys, there is no truth. It's writers in a writer's room. So, like, that's my problem with it. It's like I would have had an easier time if Lost started with, like, this is the this is the story we want to unfold. And then they got there. But just like everything else, including Game of Thrones, you botched their ending. It's like you get to the end. You're like, what is it? What's the truth? What happened? And, like, I don't even remember. I don't know what happens at the end. But all I remember thinking as this was happening live and I wasn't watching it was this isn't a real story. 
They're making it up as they go. Okay, well, hold all those thoughts because I do want to have a discussion specifically uh, about that okay. once we watch the pilot again. So if you haven't watched it, it's on Hulu right now. Go ahead and stream it. And if you're watching it again, I'd recommend rewatching it. If nothing else, the pilot is extremely well done. So we'll talk about that next week on the podcast. For now, let's move on to our teasers. I will kick it off. Maureen is just going to hate everything oh that I'm saying. Oh my gosh, she's like looking at me right now like, <laughs> I just know more. I already know Maureen's feelings what? about this, but please don't react until i finish giving my explanation i then can't you can promise tell. that i can hold okay. it in my teaser for this week is a tv show that i just started getting back into no it's no it cannot be the last man on earth is it it is the last no man on earth. guys he has had this on our dvr for months over a, year? over a year over a year there's 10 episodes on our dvr of this show that was stupid the first time we watched it and then he thought it was so stupid he stopped watching it and now he watched one episode and you're back in okay let me explain just briefly the reason i'm recommending the show the reason i'm recommending the show is because it was a show that was on fox for four years and maureen watched i think maybe the first two seasons with me and then she said this is not for me it is definitely an out there show it's weird it's different it stars will forte he created the show and I just think it's it's really fun. If you're looking for something that is totally out there, totally out of the box, I would highly recommend the show. Maureen is correct. I did have a lot left on the DVR. He took a mini retirement from I the show. took a mini retirement. <laughs> Way back. to bring it back. Way to call back to that. And I just started rewatching it again. I started. I picked up in the fourth season. It's just so weird and out there that if you're looking for something to take your mind off, you know, the craziness of our world, it's really funny. I will say you'll know within the first two or three episodes of the series whether you like the style or not. Maureen did not, and that's okay. But I myself have liked it. I know a lot of friends who've liked it as well. So I'd recommend watching it if you're into that sort of thing. It's on Hulu. It's called The Last Man on Earth. Maureen, what is your teaser this week? Um, I have mentioned this on my teasers before, the show Working Mom on Netflix. I like binge-watched the whole first season within like a month, which is actually fast for me, and loved it. And there are new episodes out. So check out. They've released seasons two and three. It's a Canadian show, so I think it may have been out for a while, but... We just got access to it fairly recently. At least I only recently noticed. So check it out. All right. That'll do it for this week. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. Talk to you then. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash poppedcast. We would love to hear from you. You can also reach us by emailing thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, I've already got my next one for Maureen to watch. She's never seen. What is it? I'm not going to tell you. No, come on. Okay, I want to show... We're not going to do it right away. We'll do it in a couple weeks or a month or two. I'm going to show Maureen... The animated Spider-Man movie. No. That is currently on Netflix. I don't want to watch that. Well, I, I didn't really want, want to watch to. this. Ugh, I hate this series now. I hate it.